Today we'll be discussing which album is better, Guns N' Roses' Use Your Illusion or Metallica's Black Album. And we'll be discussing vitamins. This is Doctor vs. Comedian. I'm Dr. Asif Doja and this is the Doctor of Laughs. Not a real doctor. Ali Hassan. Every episode, I pick a topic for Ali from comedy and entertainment and question him about it. Then Ali picks a topic for medicine and health and grills me on that topic. Today, in honor of the fact that both albums turned 30 years old this year, we'll be comparing Guns N' Roses' Use Your Illusions 1 and 2 versus Metallica's Black Album. And we'll be discussing vitamins. Do you need them? And the dangers of potentially taking them. Potentially, huh? Don't give away the secret of what we're going to talk about. It should about. be the potential dangers of taking them, but you could yeah. potentially take them too, I guess. Yes. I almost potentially took one in front of you the other day until you stopped me. That's true. I was like, get that. I slapped it out of your hand and if the bottle fell on the ground. I potentially almost spent $75 and you definitively, certainly saved me 75 bucks that day. Yeah, that's right. I said, don't waste your money on this, but we'll get to that in a second. But first, let's talk about some albums. So, Ali, as we talked about on the show last month, we're going through some classic albums. A lot of people say 1991 was the best year in history for album releases. Certainly debatable by some people, but we thought because 1991 was 30 years ago, we thought we'd look at some classic albums from that time over the next few months. And at the end of the year, in December, we'll go over our top albums from 1991. So... There are two big albums that we're going to talk about today, and these are really the peak and maybe the beginning of the end for metal and hard rock. So we talked last month about the grunge movement led by Nirvana and then later Pearl Jam, and we compared those albums and how really Nirvana's Nevermind changed music as it is. And it kind of like, it kind of made all these hair metal bands like Cinderella, White Snake, and these guys be like, what are we doing here? Poison. Don't poison, forget Poison. Of course. Talk dirty to me. <laughs> and I won't. But Aww. And then, you know, that happened with Grunge. And then these two albums also came out in 1991, which could be considered the pinnacle of metal and hard rock music at the time. And we'll talk about how these different albums came to be and their significance. But the question people might have is why did we pair these two albums together? So Guns N' Roses, mm -hmm. and we're going to look at Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 together as one whole album, which is crazy. It's well, like a 30 which is plus crazy, which is crazy album. Say, yeah, exactly. But we're pairing with Metallica's Black Album. And the reason is because these two, like we said, we mentioned that these two are kind of like maybe the pinnacle of hard rock and metal at the time, but they also went on tour 
the year after this, in 1992. Oh, did they? And I think you know that very well because (laughs) they toured around and they had a tour stop in Montreal. Yeah, I thought it was 91, actually. I've always said it was in 1991 no, that they were could, at because the these were released Stadium. in 1991. It was the summer of 1992. So you don't even know your own life. It was oh, August 8th, 1992. A lot of people. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's right. You attended a certain concert in Montreal mm. on August 8th, yeah. 1992. And, well, why don't you tell us what happened that night? It's quite infamous in Canadian concert history. Absolutely. It, it was wonderful and horrific at the same time. I went to, the next day I left Indianapolis. My cousin lived in Indianapolis. And every summer I would make up some excuse to my employer you know, my aunt is dying. My uncle. And anyway, these terrible excuses, which I should have never made bad work ethic, but it was like save money all summer and then go to sexy Indianapolis Mm -hmm. at the time of my life. Uh, Or my cousin would come visit me anyway, just to, you know, I'm burying the lead here a little, but I was introduced by my cousin to his friends. He goes, this is my cousin. He was at the concert last night. I no longer had a name or a personality. For the first two days that I was in Indianapolis, other than I was, and the reason when he said the concert, people knew it was on CNN. There were riots outside the concert. So what happened was, I'll paint the picture for people here, Olympic Stadium, 50,000 person capacity, if not more, and it is sold out. Right. It is insane. It's nothing we've ever seen. It is Metallica and Guns N' Roses touring together. We get there. We are charged up. We find out Metallica goes first, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they're amazing, and everybody in that stadium is having the time of their life. Are you in general admission? Are you in the seats? Where are you for this? We're in seats. We're in seats, but great seats. We can see the floor, but we're we're in seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good tickets, no no regrets whatsoever, especially given what happened moments later in the story. So then, you know, there are pyrotechnics in the band show, in Metallica show, as you would expect. And by the way, anybody, I've seen Metallica maybe three times, their pyrotechnics are crazy. Oh my God, I thought you were going to explain what pyrotechnics <laughs> are. You're like, by the way, by the way, guy. In case you never know, no, they're like fireworks, no and they're so loud and they're so hot. Like you can feel the heat of their pyrotechnics yeah. when you're sitting in the stands. And yeah. I've seen people cover their ears in pain after these explosions. I don't know how the band does it. Well, I, I guess we'll, we'll find night. out in a second what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so they were now for years, I thought it was like six songs in. As I read about it, it was like, oh, it's a dozen songs in. I was like, oh, okay. We were getting greedy. But anyway. You know, we didn't know how long they were going to go on for. We assumed they would do an hour. Uh, we assumed uh, Guns N' Roses would do an hour. We've waited for months for this right. biggest concert of our lives. So, you know, 12 songs, let's say half an hour into the set, something happens. We don't know what it is. Just pow, huge explosion. And then the band is off the stage. And we're all like, yeah, they're coming back. They're making us wait. They're like teasing us like bands did, you know, and still do. So you didn't know what happened. Because we could talk about what happened and you could tell us about your perspective as it went on. Well, we got the announcement, but it was a while, because while they're all deciding, what do we do? What do we do? He is rushed to hospital. He being James Hetfield, lead singer and guitarist of Metallica. He is rushed to hospital. We have no idea. We have no idea what's happening. And there's no internet, right? There's nothing, nobody's searching stuff and spreading the word. So finally, at the Olympic Stadium, somebody announces the fact that there was an accident with James Hetfield. They're very clear that he was burnt. He's going to be okay, but he was taken to hospital. Thank you for your patience. Guns N' Roses will be on soon. And we're like, 
okay, like really like everybody's worried about James Hetfield. Nobody's like, what a ripoff, mm-hmm. right? These are the early days. Not everybody was a, a, a piece of trash. So we were like, okay, that's a... Anyway, now we're waiting. So we waited already for that announcement, I would say somewhere you know, close to 10 minutes. Now we wait at least another half hour. And people are like, you know, GNR, GNR. Everyone's like excited. And then that dies down and then nothing. And then again, cheers, cheers, cheers. And then that dies down. It's a long time. It was a minimum of a half an hour when you're waiting around doing nothing and you've just had like, it's very anticlimactic. Anyway, finally, Guns N' Roses comes on. Axel looks visibly displeased to be there. Okay. Later find out in, I think it was in Slash's autobiography that they were like, Axel, you can come and save the day. This is what happened. And he was annoyed that he was now being relied on to, you know, like, so he was not a good person. <laughs> that's mm-hmm, just, that's mm-hmm, the fact. Mm-hmm. Anyway, midway through, you know, not, not just midway, but repeatedly through their set, Guns N' Roses, he starts talking about, dude, he's in Montreal, Quebec, and he starts talking in between songs about, yeah, the Japanese are coming to Indiana. And they're taking jobs. And, you know, it's like French Quebecers. They're like, hey, uh, plein November rain, man. We don't care about the Japanese. Like, nobody cares about American politics that are affecting the Midwest. Like, nobody even knows. Most of the Olympic Stadium couldn't point Japan out on a map at that point. (laughs) Nobody cares. And he is, like, lecturing us. And so people start to boo. Like, like, it sounds like booze, basically. People are like, hey, come on, don't, you know, and all that. It's like, it's unrest. People don't like it. We're like, stop your lecturing, dude. This is not what we're here for. Mm -hmm. And at some point, he grows displeased with us and he just leaves. We saw how he left. Like, the band was like, what? Are we? Oh. And they walked off afterwards. And then apparently he refused to go back on. So Axel had the opportunity to save the day and declined. Mm-hmm. So what happened? You, I'm sure there's like a rumbling like in the crowd, like what's oh. going on? And then when is the realization that this is not happening? I think the lights came on. No. Thank you so much, Montreal. Be safe or something like that. Some employee. <laughs> I think the lights came on. We're like, huh? No. 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 And everybody, it's like a vocal, like you suck Guns and Roses. And- just people start breaking stuff. In the stadium? In the stadium, which was why I was saying we loved our seats because we were not on the floor where things were going insane. People start breaking stuff. People are starting to light fire to things inside the stadium. There's smoke coming up indoors. And we're like, okay, hey, we shouldn't go yet. We shouldn't go yet. This is a bad time to leave. So we're there. All of a sudden, this tank of something, we don't even know what it is, something that feeds the pyrotechnic system, starts hissing loudly like, oh, my God, let's get the hell out of here. We go outside, mayhem and chaos like I've never seen before. Dude, one of the craziest things I saw, we were on this little bridge walkway, and underneath the bridge, we could see people removing a manhole cover for no, no reason. Like this is, there's a lot of rioting going on and there's this one weird thing we zero in on. My buddy RJ, my buddy Zach, and myself, why are they moving a manhole cover? But people are running right and left. They're being chased by cops. There's fires happening. They're running. And we watch this guy run top speed and we're like, hey, hey, dude, the manhole cover, dude, dude. And he went, that guy broke his kneecap that day. No, he fell into the manhole? He went to the manhole. Now, not his whole body, just one leg smashed against the edge of this open manhole thing as he was running top speed. He limped away in such bad pain. 
I mean, I, I watched a guy get an injury, a lifelong injury, that he's not coming back from that 100% ever, and cops and riot gear. and all. It was Matt, like I said, it was on CNN later that night, and that's how I was introduced. So that, that was my experience with Guns N' Roses and Metallica, and you're bringing all these various memories back with this episode, which I don't mind. I don't mind. Yeah, it's nice to revisit a strange part of my history. Well, and just to follow up on James Hetfield. So what happened was he walked accidentally into a 12-foot flame. And like I said, I can't imagine how hot that was because like I said, you could feel the heat in the stands when these go off. Yeah. And so he had second and third degree burns over his arms, face, hands, legs, very severe. And I'm pretty sure he still has scarring left over from that. Mm-hmm. Well, dude, there was a suggestion that he may never be able to play again, yeah, right? Yeah, there was he nerve could, damage. Yeah, he, yeah and exactly. And it took him a while. When he resumed the tour, he didn't play their good. I think their lead guitar tech played his parts yeah. for, for most of it. And Jason Newstead, who was the bassist at the time for Metallica, said like Hetfield's skin was bubbling like on the Toxic Avenger, like that B-movie character. <laughs> like it was, it, it was pretty bad. I mean, you know, in the end, James Hetfield has recovered, plays music and, and is still the lead singer of Metallica. But yeah, a scary time for these guys so anyway that's how these two bands are intricately connected to very different bands they have very different ways of approaching hard rock and metal so let's go through these two things let's start off with use your illusion one and two and as i mentioned we're going to kind of combine these two albums together and let's just start off by telling people who weren't alive back then or weren't into music back then you don't really understand how big Guns N' Roses was in 1991 and 1992. Yeah, and I have to take back something I said where I was saying that Nirvana's debut album, probably the best debut album of all time, Guns N' Roses probably had that with Appetite for Pretty Destruction. Sure, yeah. Welcome to the Jungle, Sweet Child of Mine, Paradise City, Night Train, one of my favorite songs Night, of all Night time. Amazing. Patience, like It's So Easy. Yeah. My Michelle. It's insane. It's insane. It's one of the greatest albums ever, if not the greatest album ever in this genre of music. So they had to follow that up, but they proved themselves to be absolute machines. Yeah. Right? Their talent is absolutely undeniable. You can hate these bands for whatever reason you want, but the amount of content they could put up and good quality content, you know, I'll rehash something I brought up last time. I was a Columbia House Records guy. Mm -hmm. You know, we had so many albums, one hit wonders. So when you saw an album that was two thirds, three quarters amazing, it was a huge, huge deal. Yeah. And so these guys decided to come out with this double album and double albums had come out before, but really this was the resurgence of double albums in mm -hmm. popular music. So after this, you know, Bruce Springsteen came out with one, Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy, and the Infinite Sadness. There were several yeah, double albums that came out after this, but this was this was kind of the initiation of this. So they decided to come up with this double album. A lot of the songs were written by Axl Rose. They have some lead vocals done by Izzy Stradlin and Duff McKagan as well. They also had problems with the mix, as we talked about in the previous episode with Nirvana and Pearl Jam, they didn't like the way their albums were mixed. These guys didn't like the way they were mixed as well. So there was a bit of a controversy about this. Bob Clearmountain, who's a very famous producer and a sound engineer, was fired because he tried to replace real drums with samples. And they got angry at that. So then they got rid of him and they had it remixed. You know, I can't imagine 
what those studio sessions and rehearsals were like because it, it's so ambitious. Mm-hmm. If you look up this album, you know, they say that it's like this incredible maturity, a jump from Appetite for Destruction. And they have elements of classical music and metal and blues and, you know, like all kinds of just all, it's all these different genres coming together. And they're all sounds like perfectionists looking for the best sound possible. I mean, to be on the production side of that must have been, yeah. must have been a daily massive stress. And you can think, you know, there's a, there's a real danger of them being overly ambitious and flying mm. too close to the sun. As we said, they were easily the biggest band in the world at that time. I don't think people understand it. Like we're talking about name a famous artist now. This was the level a Drake, Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber. Like it's more than those guys. You can't really understand it. This every supermodel was hanging out with th- these guys. Stephanie Seymour, bud. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Every tour, I think. That's right. Yeah, right? uh, she's in the November Rain video. So these guys were so famous. And so there was a lot of anticipation for these albums. And I remember getting them and, and when they came out. In fact, I didn't get them. My friend Lee got the albums. And what we would do back in the day, because we were like in high school, didn't have a lot of money. He would get an album or I would get. We never both would buy an album. And then he we would tape them. I know that was against the law back then, but we would tape them and put them on a cassette tape because we couldn't record CDs back in the day. And then he put it on. And I can remember listening to these albums and reading like Lee's writing on the cassette tape because he writes out all the song titles for me. <laughs> and that's how I remember listening to these two albums. So what did you think of Use Your Illusion 1 and 2? Yeah, I mean... It was never going to be Appetite for Destruction, but it was, you did feel like a natural growth of this band. So Don't Cry was amazing once it got going. I always felt Don't Cry was a little bit like, you know how that song starts. Mm-hmm, it's very mm-hmm. like. Yeah, slow. Yeah, it's like, are you drunk? Is this a heroin <laughs> high you're on? As you say, it all felt like a little flat, but then it gets going and you're like, oh, that's amazing. This is where they're going. Live and Let Die, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, just anthemic. And November Rain, these are all on uh, Use Your Illusion 1. November Rain was like, I can't even tell you how many times I tried to belt that song out. Oh, yeah. And Coma is the last song of that album. That song is amazing as well. So I would agree with you. There are like five or six, just as I call them, Stone Cold classics on this album. Stone November Cold, Rain, yeah. I, you know, it was definitely overplayed in 91 and 92. I think we would all agree with that. But mm-hmm. no complaints. fast forward. So I saw Guns N' Roses in concert in their reunion tour, which took place in 2016, which was their Not In This Lifetime tour. Oh, yeah, yeah. I went and saw them. I know I actually did it. And I'll tell you, I had a good time. But when they played November Rain, which is not one of my favorite songs because it was overplayed, I was like, this was absolutely amazing. And don't get me wrong. I saw them. I probably will never see them again. That was it. Seeing Axl Rose in person made me think, I got to work out more. Yeah. Well, or do heroin. I mean, he's also known for his... By the way, Duff McKagan, who's their bassist, he was also a heroin addict, and he cleaned up. He looks amazing. He, like, clearly works out, is in good shape. Slash looks good, too. Uh, Axel, I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, so... I think you do know. I think you do know. Okay. (laughs) But November Rain, I thought, was amazing. And when you think about this, this is like both of these albums, we're talking about Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, plus Metallica's Black Album, we're hearing 
guitar solos. Like you don't hear guitar solos anymore, right? They're they're mm. almost non-existent in popular music. And some of these songs have two or three guitar solos. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So that's Use Your Illusion 1. What do you think about Use Your Illusion 2? And then I want you to tell me which one of these two you like better of these of their two albums. Yeah, I distinctly remember liking one more, but I was like, you know, I was going through a period of growth myself musically. And I thought, you know, Civil War is the first song on uh, Use Your Illusion 2. And it's seven minutes long. And it was like, again, it feels like ambitious and it feels amazing. And it feels like you're part of something very, very intelligent. You know what I mean? When you these longer songs with some depth to them, Knocking on Heaven's Door. I don't even know if I knew the original right. Dylan song. I revisited it after the yeah. fact. And it was, you know, I was I can never listen to the Dylan version after you've heard well, it. Well, it's funny because I've seen, you know, people getting together for tribute concerts to Bob Dylan or things like that, singing Knocking on Heaven's Door, and they sing it the way Axl Rose sings it, yeah. not the yeah. way Bob Dylan originally sang it. No, so that's how not. much this version is in the popular culture. This is the one people think about now. Yeah, yeah. No, the original is deeply disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> Once you've heard Excel. You Could Be Mine is another great song off Use Your Allegiance to it. So it was, you know, it had its stone cold classics, if you will, if you'll allow me mm-hmm, to use mm-hmm, your term. I will. But I still thought number one was phenomenal. But in the end, it's like, you know, another double-sided album, so much content and so much work goes into it. I, I still remember appreciating what they're doing I, I, you know, to, at some level. It, it's like, I was still like a young, you know, basically teenager going like, this one's not as good as the other one, but I could still, mm-hmm. you know, understand how much work this would have been to put all this out. I prefer Use Your Illusion 2. I think there's oh. a couple, well, we'll get into it a bit later. I think there's a couple like lame songs on Use Your Illusion 1, whereas almost every song on Use Your Illusion 2 I think is good, except for maybe a couple in the middle. But overall, I think it's it's good. Yeah, I liked it. And it, yeah, it has, again, you said some Stone Cold classics. So you prefer Use Your Illusion 1, one. I prefer 2. Yes. Then which version of Don't Cry do you prefer? Because there's two versions on Use Your Illusion 1. The original version, alternate yeah. lyrics are on Use Your Illusion 2. Well, as I said, it sounded so flat at the top, I thought they were going to quote unquote fix that in the second version. I remember being super excited to hear a better version of Don't Cry, which I've called Don't You Cry for my entire life. <laughs> and I was disappointed. I was like, this is not, I can barely tell the difference between the two versions. What's the point of re releasing this? <laughs> well, yeah, it's just the lyrics. The lyrics are better in the first one, I think. Yeah, I didn't know it was going to be a lyrical change. I thought it was like, we listen to this. We don't like the way it sounds. We're going to make it more sort of what Ali Hassan has been dreaming about it sounding like. No, I don't. And it was pretty much the same song. But interesting, in the video is when I first realized this, Shannon Hoon does co-lead vocals on it. And I remember seeing, oh, this guy, yeah, I like his voice. I bet you his band, whatever that is, he's going to be super famous. And do you know the band that he was No, I don't know who Shannon Hoon is. I don't know who that is. He's the lead singer of Blind Melon. Oh, yeah. And then I thought to myself, and he died, by the way, in 1995. And I thought, oh, Blind Melon. Okay, that sounds good. I can't wait to hear their songs. It's going to be hard rocking just like this. And, of course, you remember their famous song. Yeah, I didn't like that sound at all. And they're the subject of quite a lot of abuse, yeah, too. So that was, I think, No Rain is a, with a bee, little bee girl in the uh, video. I was just like, what is, what is going on here? This is <laughs> yeah. quite a disappointment. My hopes were increased. 
So I think we both liked this album. I think we both thought it was good. So the songs that, you know, I don't know, just redefine music. Some of these songs It's like if other bands were in studio and heard November rain. Oh yeah. And live and let die is also Mm -hmm. right. Does that with McCartney, Alice Cooper is on that album. So you also get like this, these people have been, this band is not only uh, popular with, you know, supermodels and dumb, dumb high schoolers like us. This band is also, what's that word? Like signed off on, or, or they're, they've been co-signed, co-signed yeah. by McCartney. They've been co-signed by Alice Cooper, right? Like the gods of like rock exactly. and metal are like, we'd we love to work with you. you. So it's really a testament to their talent. And I think what you said is so true. The two albums we talked about last time, Nevermind and 10, these albums, Metallica's Black Album, and some we're going to be talking about in the next couple of months, these are game changers. In other words, it's like what you said. Bands would listen to this and be like, if they were recording an album, they would probably have to scrap their album and restart yeah. again. That's the influence that these albums had in changing rock music. So why don't we move on to our second album? Yeah. What these bands do have in common, by the way, Guns N' Roses and Metallica, both known as perfectionists. Mm-hmm. And so making these albums must be a massive, massive struggle. And they probably love the road because they're like, oh, it's so good not to be making music with these <laughs> bandmates of mine. Metallica hired Bob Rock mm-hmm. for this album, the Black Album. Bob Rock, first of all, Canadian, shout out mm-hmm. to Winnipeg, Manitoba. Mm-hmm. But Bob Rock, you know, it's interesting you were talking about like the blind melon thing because you expect somebody's sound to be a certain way. But Bob Rock, quite diverse, you know, Michael Bublé to the Tragically Hip to Motley Crue, Bon Jovi. I mean, he's really, he's just got an ear for music basically, right? And he's got a vision for, for, for what he works on, but he's not a certain type of producer only. Ron Sexsmith also, The Offspring, right? These are like very varied sounds. So anyway, they hire Bob Rock for this. By the way, Bob Rock, now this is going way back into trivia. So Paul Hyde, uh, there was a band called the Paolas, right? In Canada. So Bob Rock and Paul Hyde were the two main members of that. Then it was called Paul Hyde and the Paolas. Then it was called Rock and Hyde. And if you listen to this, you'd be like, Sorry, you made a Metallica album? They have some great songs, Canadian songs. Dirty Water is one of their most famous songs. Don't you wash yourself in my... Didn't they sound like a British band? Yeah, yeah. I I probably, maybe. I don't... Oh, maybe Paul. I'm not sure, so... This is the Winnipeg in that song. So they were a relatively popular band here, and then, I guess, with producing Bob Rock, that's really where he kind of took off. Hmm. Yeah. So anyway, they all that to say, the band and Bob Rock notoriously got in a lot of arguments mm-hmm. about the sound. Unlike you know, unlike Guns N' Roses, they did not fire their producer. I think, but they got into a lot of arguments. It's it's so weird. Like I would love to know what Metallica was thinking at the time because they just came off 
and Justice for All, which is a yeah. classic metal album. It has the single one, which people probably have heard about uh, before. Yeah. And they liked Bob Rock's production of Dr. Feelgood. Like, you remember Motley Crue's yeah. Dr. Feelgood? That's what made them decide to hire him. I'm like, really? Like, you guys are that into that? Yeah. The song Dr. Feelgood is like a rock song that you could actually dance to, mm-hmm. right? It has a dun 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 Like, it's a weird, it's not the Metallica that, look, I, I was a huge Metallica fan, Master of Puppets, one of the greatest songs of all time in my mind. Kill Em All is an amazing album. I love Ride the Lightning. I mean, they were like very heavy metal, and I was very into it. And with their last album and Justice for All, there had been a shift because they had always said, we'll never do music videos. We'll never do music videos. And then they did a video for that song, One. It was very different from any other metal video. And they did it on their own terms. So fans, super fans like myself, were like, okay, we'll allow it. We'll allow it. You said you wouldn't, and then you did. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. what you did, we understand. And now I feel like... They were in a where do we go from here phase. And on paper, if I'd known more about Bob Rock back then, I would have been scared. I would have been like, Metallica, what are you doing? What are you doing? Where are you going? These are not your roots. And I would not have been pleased at all. And in the end, was I pleased? I don't. There were some songs I, I definitely, you know, Enter Sandman, pretty intense song, pretty amazing. That bass riff is really something. Wherever I roam is decent. Don't tread on me is very good. Nothing else matters is again like pretty. It's long. It's like yeah, like you're going on journeys mm-hmm. with these songs, mm-hmm. and it was it was good. You know, when something is panned by the critics, this is the exact opposite. This was like a Grammy award winning album for best metal performance, whereas a lot of Metallica fans were like, this band is selling out, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? So it was a weird thing. Like they're getting billboard music awards. They're uh, top 10 albums of all time. They're ranked so high in the Grammy and all this. And I remember feeling like a little bit disappointed. Mm-hmm. I was wondering which, because I, yeah, you were super into them back then. I remember, and so, so I was wondering what you, what you, what you thought. Yeah, it's definitely a different sound for them. I do think that's them purposely trying to be more commercial, which is why they hired Bob Rock. Of course, this album was had to be remixed three different times because they didn't like the mix either. Like I said, it's so different if you're a performer, a musician, an audiophile, you know, in terms of these things. So it cost one million dollars to remix it. A lot of stuff happened during this production. Three of the members divorced their wives during it, you know. And Bob Rock, it's interesting. He actually said he was never going to work with them again, but then kept yeah. working with them all the way up to St. Anger. And we'll talk about maybe in another episode, the documentary, Some Kind of Monster, which is a one of the oh, best yeah, music documentaries ever made. We should definitely watch that at some point because it's basically the near near self-destruction of, the, of this band. And Bob Rock was kind of just standing there trying to help them record, witnessing this. But, you know, Bob Rock's influence, you know, the strings, Unforgiven, and Nothing Else Matters, he insisted on those. And and those two songs are, you know, different. They're slower songs, but they are, you know, Stone Cold classics uh, for Metallica. I like this album, too. I think... Sad But True is a second song on this. That is one of my favorite Metallica songs. I think oh, it's yeah, just amazing. So I think this is a great album. It changed metal. It changed Metallica for sure. They they would never sound the same after this. Yeah. So. Desert Island. Let's do Desert it. Desert Island. Let's Which do album it do you think? Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you something. 
this is a very difficult decision. It's the it's about separating the art from the artist. What do I like more musically? It's it's use your illusion one and two. However, I can't separate art from the artist. Now, not only did that idiot Axel Rose make us and my fellow Montrealers wait two hours only to leave after nine songs. Not only that, but like he's pretty well-known racist, you know, years later, there was a song. And by the way, if you have kids, maybe forward about 30 seconds here, but there was a song called One in a Million. I'm sure you remember, Asif. Mm-hmm. The lyrics of that song were immigrants and f***s, they make no sense to me. They come to our country and they think they'll do as they please, right? And at the time you think he's, you know, doing a character or singing in the voice of somebody else. And later you're like, oh, that was, that was directly from the heart. That was Axel being Axel. And so I can't back that man. I can't back that man in any way at all. He has not atoned for his various shortcomings and discriminations. He's, you know, there's no huge apology ever to anybody. So Axel Rose can go suck an egg and I take Metallica Black with me on a desert island. Well, yeah, it's interesting. It's, you know, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, they have such highs. Like some of the songs are just, I mean, again, we're talking about seven, eight, nine, ten minute songs. Just was never done before. But like I said, in Use Your Illusion 1, there are some kind of stinkers, I think. And if you put all of these songs together onto one album, all the good ones that got rid of the trash, you'd have one of the greatest albums ever made. I don't know how reasonable it would be because five of those or six of those would be over seven minutes, which is not very practical when you're listening to a single album. It almost had to be divided up. But in the end, a Metallica's Black album is a better album like start to finish, you know, in terms of mm. consistency, in terms of songs. There's probably less songs that I love compared to Guns N' Roses. And of course, we have all the uh, trash of, and the pr- problematic to say the least, behavior and actions of Axl Rose. Yeah, I'm sticking with uh, Metallica. All right. You're invited on my island, buddy. I'll saw you up and eat you <laughs> piece by piece when I get hungry. So I said, okay, we got ourselves something Mm -hmm. to dive into, especially because it's a multi-billion dollar market and many people do feel like they need vitamins. So let me just put it to you. Do I need to take vitamins? No. So, okay, I was just joking about that. There is more to talk about than just to say no. What I was taken aback by was that first world comment. Do people in the first world generally not need to take vitamins and if if that's the case why is it such a massive industry and, mm-hmm, and you know mm-hmm. let's 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 talk about some evidence do they work do they not work yeah so i'm sure all vitamins are not created equal by the way i used the term first world when i was writing a scientific paper once and the reviewers we've talked about peer review wrote me back and said yeah that's not an appropriate term you say developing countries you don't say developing first sure. world third sure. world i'm like okay my apologies so that was uh yeah. insensitive on my part so uh, certainly places that are developing countries where there's food insecurity there is the risk of vitamin deficiencies, which could have adverse impacts on your health. I think we all kind of know that from places that have had famine, drought, and things like that. 
for mm. sure. But we live in North America. And a lot, though not all of our listeners, you know, we're on the charts in Nepal, by the way. Okay. So we're on the medicine chart <laughs> right. for podcasts. Oh, nice. Hello to our friends in Nepal. Okay. But a lot of our viewers are in North America or Europe uh, or Australia. Viewers? Oh. <laughs> Am I being watched? I, I should have trimmed. <laughs> listeners, uh. listeners, listeners. My apologies. So in, say, North America. And in North America, if you are an average middle-class family and you've never had to wonder where your next meal is coming from or had to skip meals or, you know, in the U.S. get food stamps or things like that, you have an adequate diet to get all your vitamin intake. And people are like, no, 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 my kid only eats mac and cheese or they only eat chicken fingers. Trust me, again, if you are the average family in North America, you're fine. We've talked about eating disorders before, but there are kids, say, with autism or something like that who are very picky. They only eat certain colors of food or things like that, right? Those patients mm. could get into a nutritional deficiency. But in general, we get enough vitamins and minerals from our regular diet, even if you have a quote-unquote picky eater in your family, that you don't need to take these. And it's not just me. Like There's scientific evidence. The American Journal of Cardiology in 2018 did a study. They found that the most commonly used supplements, which would be multivitamins, vitamin D, calcium, and vitamin C, did not protect against cardiovascular disease. Okay, okay. Why does this industry thrive then if you say people in me in the medical community are not mm -hmm. really well, on board with uh, vitamin I K? I think as with everybody, nobody wants to be told, oh, you know what's healthy? Just keep doing what you're doing, right? People always want the extra. You know, if I take extra mm. vitamins, I could do this. If I do this extra, right? People don't want to hear, oh, you know what's a good way to stay in shape is to moderate your diet and exercise. People don't want to hear that. They want to hear about something magical that's going to help them with it, right? And that's basically it. And and the problem, of course, is there's very limited regulation. So drugs, for example, in the US are regulated by the FDA, but supplements and vitamins are not. They can appear on the shelf. You don't have to prove that A, they contain what the bottle says it has in it. There's no need or obligation for companies to do that. And they can make a bunch of health claims that they don't have to back up. So it becomes very difficult to know. And you don't know what's in it. You don't know if they're free of contaminants because there's no regulation of these products in the US or Canada. I'm going to ask you this. Are there any conditions that a, you know, developed world person in which any conditions in which they would be prescribed vitamins and you'd be all for it. Yeah, of course there are. There's some things like if you have a Crohn's, celiac disease, any problems with absorption in your gut, then you mm. take vitamin supplements. But your physician, your gastroenterologist will tell you that. And often these people will see nutritionists as well. If you have osteoporosis, then you should probably take vitamin D and calcium and women can be more predisposed to that. So again, your doctor can counsel you on that. Once you get over age 50, especially women, their stomachs are not as acidic as they should be. And that prevents you from absorbing vitamin B12. So often you have to take excess vitamin B12 often as an injection. And then of course, you probably know Ali, since you have four kids, women who want to get pregnant are recommended to take folic acid as a supplement yep. because that prevents sure. spina bifida and other kind of birth defects in children. So so there are certainly a couple things. And the last one is probably the most relevant for you and I in that we have darker skin. 
<laughs> and if people haven't figured that out right now, hopefully this doesn't come as a huge shock. Imagine it's a deal breaker. We see like a drop off of listeners right at this moment of the, that'd be, <laughs> <laughs> they talked about metal. I thought there were a couple of white dudes with long hair. Hey, everybody listens to metal. So we have darker skin. We also live in a northern climate because we live in Canada. If you have those two things and you don't get out as much in the sunlight, you could be at risk of vitamin D deficiency. So I think vitamin D is something useful. I started taking it this past year, as Ali knows, but the listeners don't know, I dislocated my shoulder and I had a fracture in my socket, basically, where the shoulder attaches into. And so I just thought, you know what, I got a fracture there. You don't always get a fracture. Maybe it's because I should be taking some vitamin D. So I did that. So I think there are some times where you, where you can take it and it's reasonable. And in case anybody's wondering, he was beat up by a small child. So the other thing I was waiting for was, okay, so I was waiting to hear about vitamin D. I'm happy you mentioned that. I'm testing your credibility here. B12, folic acid made it. What about iron? Yeah, iron supplementation. Again, it's if you have an iron deficiency, which can be diagnosed by your doctor, then you should take it. It doesn't. I don't know if that's a brown thing too, but most of the women in my life seem to have had some sort of. Well, uh, women have it. Do you know why women have iron deficiency a bit more? Because they have their period every you month. You don't have to say it like that. Oh my god! <laughs> you know what? You remember Stuart from Mad TV? Yeah. Look what I can do. My son and myself have been watching Stuart videos, so that's why I oh did that. Oh my gosh. We're watching yeah. too much Stuart. Women with heavy periods can have iron deficiency anemia, so that's that's why a lot of women have to take iron supplementation. During pregnancy, you can sometimes get anemic as well. And here's another thing, which we can may, might segue into some other topics, but children who have excessive milk intake by age one, aren't you really eating food? They're still drinking bottles of milk. Like we're talking about mm -hmm. cow's milk. They can get a iron deficiency anemia, which can sometimes be severe. Oh. Yeah. So, so you need to watch that. So again, a balanced diet is important. I do know something else since you're talking about your physician, my physician, mm -hmm. because we were predominantly plant-based for a long time, six days a week eating plant-based. He had recommended B12 there too. And also echoed what you're saying that you do not need any multivitamins or supplements. It's all in your diet, but because the meat is taken out, you should be, you know, supplementing with B12 or some, you know, fortified B12. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, the more extreme diet you do, you could develop a new vitamin deficiency. I think one of our friends asked us, yeah, I'm going to do this potato diet where you just eat potatoes for like two weeks. I mean, yeah, you are going to develop a vitamin deficiency. So you know what that means? It's not good for you. And this is the thing. People think that just because something is natural, vitamins are natural, things are natural, it's good for you. It's not. Like that can't be healthy just eating potatoes for two weeks. Well, I was on an extreme diet, but it's not the vegan one. It's the one where I ate chicken wings and nachos five times a week. So I made some changes. That was delicious. That's Pretty sure I had some deficiencies because of that as well. Right. So let me just dig into that comment right there that natural isn't always better. That's fine. But can natural also be actually bad in this mm -hmm. case? Is there, you might be putting like a vitamin in your body that's not necessary and devoid of a lot of the things you hope it might have, 
But is there a thing where vitamins can actually be bad for you Right, and so the people don't think about that, right? But you can get vitamin toxicity. So I'll give you a couple of examples. There was a supplement that we were recommending a lot for migraines. Because, you know, if you have migraines, maybe you want to look at something natural. And there is some evidence for natural products helping migraines, by the way. So magnesium, coenzyme Q10, riboflavin, which is vitamin B2, they have some scientific evidence. So those might be recommended. But... There was another one called Butterbur, which was used for migraine mm. prevention, and it causes liver toxicity in these kind oh. of uh, surveillance studies that were done in Europe, mainly Germany, I think this data came out of. So we don't use it anymore because it was causing liver toxicity. So just because something's quote unquote natural doesn't mean it can't cause problems. Another example is pyridoxine, which is vitamin B6. At typical doses, it's fine, but some people overdose on it and take too much, and it can cause a neuropathy, which is so affects your arms and legs, can cause difficulty in sensation and difficulty in walking even. So again, these are all possibilities. So there's another report of selenium. So nobody even talks about selenium. Selenium is is a vitamin that, or an element, I should say, that we often need in very small amounts, but you definitely need it in your diet, but we get it just from our regular diet. But some people were taking this excess selenium, and these authors wrote a paper about this because what happened was the manufacturer made an error, and they increased the dose by 200 times. <laughs> Oh boy. In the selenium. Remember, there's That's no weird. regulation behind this. And so people mm. developed diarrhea, fatigue, hair loss, joint pain, and a lot of people had over 90 days of symptoms until they finally realized what was going on and then stopped taking the selenium. So again, you know, you can't trust these things necessarily just because you're, you're looking at it. Another really interesting case report was a four-year-old boy who got vitamin A toxicity. So we think vitamin A is good, carrots, eyes, the retinoids. Yeah, we need that. So the patient was taking every day, four-year-old, one to two cups of kale, two to three cups of green vegetables, two to three cups of fruit, and four ounces of meat a day, and a multivitamin that contained vitamin A as beta carotene. And he developed vitamin A toxicity. This was written up in the Canadian Medical Association Journal. So he had abnormalities in his calcium levels. He had chileitis. Abnormalities which is, meaning all high, all very high? Because that's very yes, interesting. Anybody yes. with kids would think like, oh, what a great diet for a four-year-old. No, really exactly. Them but, up with don't, healthy, but don't, that's a lot, by the way. Of, it's a ton. Amount-wise, I mean, I don't know. I've met some four-year-olds who look like they're eight also. I just assumed it was a large child. <laughs> but it sounds like a ton of food either, either way. He developed a bunch of skin changes, alopecia. Ali, you know what alopecia is? I have heard, I have seen, I have witnessed, yep. Yeah. Oh, you're asking me. I'm sorry. I didn't realize it was a quiz. Well, alopecia that I've seen usually manifests itself on the face. I don't know what happens on people's bodies, but on the face, there's patches of skin that are missing hair. Yeah. It's hair loss. Yeah. Dude, I'm making a joke because you're bald and you have alopecia. I hate bad. your humor. I hate it so very yeah, much. Yeah, didn't go hey, over man. that well, so. It's on radio. It's on radio. None of the listeners knew I was bald until uh, right now. You they, ruined a lot they're, of, they're see fine. if there's a drop off of listeners here also in the, <laughs> he's bald, we're out. Bald and brown. <laughs> this is can't be part not of this. good. Don't tell them we're Muslim. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, he, went to, he went to zero. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Awkward. Um, so anyway, this child also had fatigue, anorexia, headaches, 
He developed swelling behind his eyes, behind his optic nerves. It was very unusual. And they thought it was just from this constant getting these high vitamin A levels in his blood. And so eventually everything was reversed afterwards. But it's just, you know, people think, oh, this is all natural. This is healthy. And it's, it's the wrong thing to do. Another example is goat's milk. Ali, you've tried goat's milk before? Regrettably, yes. Listen, I, I put a lot of stuff in my system. I'm a big fan of a lot of different food. Goat's milk is particularly awful. So some people, again, they go online, they quote unquote, do their research. They're like, I think goat's milk is healthy. And we've seen a couple of kids who have, their parents have just been giving them goat's milk instead of cow's milk. They didn't, they, okay. they stopped right. breastfeeding and they didn't want to use formula. So they said, okay, well, let's use goat's milk. The problem with goat's milk is it doesn't have certain vitamins in it. It's deficient in vitamin D vitamin B12, iron, and folate. So you get all these deficiencies. And sometimes it can be so severe, you get heart failure because your blood counts go down so low. And some people even get clotting in their brain. We've talked about what we call sinus venous thrombosis or brain clots, which we talked a lot about with the AstraZeneca vaccine and things like that. But so kids can get that because of, of the low hemoglobin and the secondary effects on that. So I guess my main point about this whole topic is A, the average, quote-unquote, average person, an average family, an average child does not need vitamin supplementations. And sometimes it can cause problems. And I think we just need to reestablish this trust. There is a whole field of nutrition science. There are nutritionists. There are dietitians. There are people who've studied this for years. They know what the average person needs and does not need. And I don't know why we ignore that and people think, well, I'm just going to do what I think is best because I read a blog post about something. Like, Mm. I don't know. Why don't you look at what these people do for a living? I mean, there's like a hundred years of nutrition science. So I don't know, just just a plea to listen to the experts in this. Hmm. It's the quest for misinformation continues in the nutrition world too. I'm quite surprised, to be honest. I thought there would be some, I don't know, that comment about you saying that, you know, in this country, we don't need it. I was like, wow. Because I I go to a a store that's like, it's kind of a health food store. Well, I go there for the sauerkraut and the pickles and some pesto that I really like. Mm -hmm. But it is like seven aisles deep of supplements Well, this is the other thing. People are always like, big pharma this, big pharma this. We've talked about pharma on on the podcast before, which, listen, don't get me wrong. There are problems with pharma. We've talked about it. But there's also big, big big vitamins, big natural products. Again, you said it was $75 for this container. I mean, that's insane. And, And when people are peddling vitamins, you need to think about, well, what are they getting out of this? You know what I mean? And again, if you're skeptical of doctors for peddling drugs, be skeptical. That's okay. It's fine. That doesn't hurt my feelings or anything. If you're skeptical about it, I'll explain to you (laughs) my rationale for things and that I have no investment in these drug companies or anything. But you need to be just as skeptical with other things. Why would you take something at face value just because someone happened to tell you about this, right? I don't know. Like somebody's making money somewhere and it's not you. You're the one spending money on these vitamins. And so you should be suspicious of these companies as well and perhaps even more so. Well... There goes our big vitamin sponsorship for the show.
Okay, that's it for our show today. Hopefully you found these discussions interesting. Remember, please reach out to us, drvcomedian at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we're everywhere. And just a big mention, a couple of weeks ago, we were featured on Podcast Playlist, which is a CBC radio and a podcast in itself, where they highlight different podcasts. They highlighted some great podcasts from Canada and elsewhere. So a big shout out to them. Yeah, you can find that link at, well, you go to cbc.ca and you can look up podcast playlist. Yeah, we also tweeted out and we put it on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. And please remember that although I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. Medical issues we talk about are for your interest and information only and are not medical advice. Please consult your medical professionals for actual medical advice. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye.